0: This is Channel 5 Fox News from Des Moines. A young, white male has been seen running around naked at the Hub Tower. He has hostages. He has a gun. No, I'm just kidding. This is, however, the McAllister Hours, and you are listening to it. Um, Before we start the episode, it's imperative always that you like and subscribe to the channel. Um, Everything that you do, in terms of that, helps us so much. And if you share... Or follow this channel, I will guarantee 10 years of good luck. 10 not nine, not eight, 10, 10 years of luck. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, subscribe to YouTube, tune in every if you're watching, listening to this, there's a fair chance that you're not watching us live every Saturday, so make sure you're doing that. Um, other note, I have a EP called um, Lost in the City. My artist name is McCree, and I've been posting it in the description. Um, it's been about a week since that's been out, a little more than a week. Uh, so I, I'm just promoting that. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got to work with Honjo Bands, Lolo Savage, uh, G7, others, uh, d So, yeah, make sure to check that out. Without further ado, here is the episode today uh, with Sterling Banks. Uh, local... Hip hop artist, um overall artistic extravaganza. Uh the things that she man has managed to do um in the short amount of time that she's been, you know, doing music and all that. It's been astounding. She's been an audio engineer for others. Um just it was just really cool to hear her discuss all that. And we got into a interesting conversation about birth control actually, as well. So uh really, really good stuff. I really enjoyed having her on. You know, me and Molly were bullshitting before, not be- well, before and after, not really bullshitting, talking about the guest because I think when you have a female rapper, especially the one with her kind of music, where it's kind of that bad bitch vibe, you don't really know what to expect. But she, she was honestly a really sweet girl, um, a joy to have on, uh, and I, I hope to do it again sometime. So, without further ado. Here's the episode, Sterling Banks, motherfuckers. Hello everybody, you're watching slash listening to Macalester Hours, I'm your host as always called Macalester. Today, we are joined by actually the first female rapper to come into the studio, Sterling Banks.
1: Hello. How are you doing today? I am doing good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm not too bad uh kind of a weird rushed saturday as always it's actually my only day off and i sacrifice it for podcasting so (laughs) so yeah always crazy here um before we get started i guess i want to ask you uh what like what's some of your background is sterling banks just your legal name or like is there a you know story behind that what's what's going on with that
1: Mm, Sterling like the Archer for all of my Archer fans out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I've heard good things.
1: It's very good. I'm a big fan of H. John Benjamin, though, so I like all of the H. John Benjamin productions.
0: Now, does he do, like, Bob's Burgers and mm-hmm. stuff? Oh, I love Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. That's a great show. Really clever. Anyway, sorry. Go back to your name. So uh, that's so that's part of the Sterling, and then the Banks is just...
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool so like so where where did you start did you start in here in Iowa or are you from here originally what what's yep. some of your background?
1: so I'm born and raised in uh Waterloo Iowa um musically wise uh I started playing piano when I was five and um took like 20 years of classical piano lessons mm-hmm. and then in college I was in a bunch of different bands like um an acoustic duo. We did some hip hop stuff. I was in a disco band once. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. So um, just did a lot of different band things throughout my college time. And then once COVID hit, I mean, I so I started my own company called Ladies Bay Productions. Mm-hmm. I do photography, videography, graphic design, audio engineering, that kind of stuff. um so I was doing that and then when COVID hit I was like "Mm, I'm gonna be the first to go (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants these services during a pandemic so I wanted to redesign my company more towards marketing for artists Mm. and I didn't really know much about it so I was like what better way than to use myself as a guinea pig so I started doing like my solo hip-hop career and then I just kind of like never left
0: (laughs) so this you doing hip-hop has been more of a recent thing then
1: um i was in a hip-hop band like in my earlier college years um i didn't do a whole lot of like original hip-hop work then Mm. i did do like a lot of covers and mashups of hip-hop songs um we put one album out that had quite a bit of hip-hop on it um other than that this has been like my first real dive into (laughs) hip-hop
0: That's cool. That's awesome, because uh, so you started when you were five. You said piano, mm-hmm. so you have had a wide array of experience, um, you know, in music um, before hip hop. And I feel like that's a really fundamental thing with artists, you know, having that different background. What kind of music? You said classical music. Do you still play that at all? Piano. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Cool.
1: Um, I actually smashed my finger in a door, um, I think it was like <laughs> two or three years ago. So I don't play as much anymore. Oh, damn, that's sounds... um, but I do still try to and recently I've started like getting up in the morning and practicing again and like mm. trying to get back into it. So, um, I do still play that. I also play the guitar. Um, and then I suppose I pay I play um, trumpet french horn and saxophone but i haven't played them since like (laughs) high school so i don't know if it would be really that great if i tried (laughs) it might be a little rusty
0: damn so i guess i guess i'm just curious like how much of your focus is on hip-hop specifically and how much of it you know is towards everything else
1: when i first started It was very focused on hip-hop. And the more that I've gotten into it, the more I've kind of branched out in different areas where I'll do songs that are completely just singing or I'll do songs that are like a mixture of singing and rapping or I'll do like melodic rap, like just kind of trying to test the waters and see what I like and find a lane that really, really works for me. Um, But it's primarily mostly... Uh, within the hip-hop realm okay i do do a little bit of um like sync music
0: hmm.
1: on the side um so when i do that i'm kind of like it has nothing to do with hip-hop it's just whatever like blues <laughs> Oh
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i like that shit too though um and you know that's kind of a core of hip-hop like you know the jazz blues that's like a really mm-hmm. uh common uh you know bass for that jazz and all that Um, So I guess like what are what are some of your influences then? I guess both since you've had the background and things besides hip hop, like what have been some of your influences through all that?
1: Mm, I really, really like um, Mark Battles. I like Lil Sims. I like um, just kind of that more underground hip hop sound. I don't listen to a lot of mainstream hip hop. I so I work at the studio. I audio engineer for a lot of rappers, and Damn. they'll come in and they'll be like King Von, Da Baby type beats, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard a song by any of these people. I don't know who they are. I heard my first um, Pop Smoke and Da Baby song the other day, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> But it's just not really the style I listen to. I like a lot more conscious and underground Mm. sound. I I like to connect with the lyrics, so that's kind of the vibe I go for. And what I'm inspired by, I try and have a connection with the lyrics that I'm putting out to people like in the hopes that they will connect with it.
0: Mm. Well, and you know, that's that's really all you can do as a hip-hop artist. Because I feel like when you're putting out lyrics that people can tell are fake... I mean, they can tell they're fake and they're not going to connect as much. And I definitely listening to your music, like I can tell there's a lot of, uh, you know, passion in what you do and like a lot of personal experience. You're not just, you know, saying whatever.
1: All of my music is stories. They're about somebody. I'll be the first to Taylor Swift somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So I guess like what uh, what's some of your writing process then with your hip hop? Like, how do you how do you go about that?
1: originally when I first started writing it was a lot more so um very much like practicing an instrument where I would like I'd write a line and then I'd say the line over and over and over again until I came up with the next one and then I'd do those two lines over and over again until I came up with the next one and I've been trying more lately to like break out of that where like sometimes I'll go down to the studio and put a beat on and just kind of like Hum a melody that I think are like, like do the do the synchronization of what I want it to sound like without actually putting words to it or um, freestyling. I did a little mm. freestyling in the last couple of oh, weeks where crazy. I'm just like I'm just gonna go for it, see what happens. So trying to break out of just writing because originally i mean i am a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. and so i am very functional in that way and i'm trying to break away from that and move more into different writing styles
0: it's a different animal for sure i can actually when you're saying that i can really relate to that because you know you i think um because i have like a background in instrumental music too like myself so i can kind of relate to you in that way where you kind of think of it differently like you think of hip-hop as an instrument like you think of somebody's lyrics as an instrument Mm -hmm. um i think you know not everybody thinks like that i think that's a powerful way to uh approach your music and approach approach your craft um so have you performed at all like have you gotten i know you were i know you were scheduled to perform a little bit back and that fell through i think right Mm -hmm. um but have you i i know and i know I guess you started around COVID, so maybe you haven't – I don't know. Have you gotten to perform? I
1: have. I've performed a handful of times since COVID. I mean, obviously, like in my earlier college years, I was in different bands and stuff, so I performed a lot with that. Um, but since COVID, I've done – gosh, I've probably done five to ten shows still, but um, Not very many I mean There's just not really The shows to be done But um, I have gotten to perform A couple times And it's been really dope I like being on stage though. that's like My spot That's where That's where I feel the best at (laughs) So
0: that's where you're more comfortable You don't get like Stage fright or anything like that No
1: Damn
0: I I wish I was that lucky (laughs) I always get I always get the anxiety And like you know Feeling under the Spotlight It's a lot I don't know But um, I think People that are rappers Are people that are just Built for that naturally Mm -hmm. You know and well, I guess you have experience too. From like, did you perform a lot when you were younger? When you were doing, I guess you said you performed classical piano, right?
1: Mm-hmm. When you were um, it wasn't necessarily like um, like we had recitals and stuff mm-hmm. that we had to yeah. do, but um, a lot of it was more like competitions. So like, we'd have a competition once or twice a year where we'd have to like play songs and then they would judge us on it. And Mm -hmm. one year I got a hundred and that was super dope. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the last year I actually competed. I did get a hundred and I was like, all right, I'm the man.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, from what you described, it seems like you're kind of all over the place. You're very multi-talented. That's, that's really cool. Um, So your last album, Disassembly, Mm -hmm. um, get into that. What was the process? Like, did you work with somebody on the beats, like like someone that was close, or did you kind of just buy your beats? Like how did you go about that process of making that? And what's it about? Would you say?
1: So originally, it started as um I kind of knew when I first started putting out singles, I knew that eventually I was going to want to put together an album. Like, I had three or four singles out, but I wanted to be able to have, like, a full body of work. Mm. So so when somebody looks me up, they can, like, get a broad idea of what my sound is. Um, And actually, I just, it came up in my time hop today, actually, the video of me. Because a lot of times when I'm writing, too, I'll, like, take a video and send it to all my friends before I go to the studio and record and be like, oh, look what I'm working on. (laughs) So um, a year ago today, actually, I wrote the song "Better" that's mm. on Disassembly, um, and from there, so that song's really about like, um, so I am am still married-ish. Mm. Uh, we're going through divorce right now. Oh, so I've been um, there. It sucks. But we've been separated for a year, and "Better" was kind of like about I'd come back to Iowa, and I was just feeling so much better about everything. Mm. So um, once I wrote that song, that's when I was like, okay, now I have this idea. Like, I really want to create a body of work that is explaining my story of kind of disconstructing myself and redesigning myself Mm -hmm. in this, like, new chapter of my life. So I started working on different songs for it. Um, That beat in particular that I found for better was... It was it wasn't somebody I had ever heard of. It was just one that I had found online. Mm. Um, a couple of the beats are from uh, Lirical. He's my boss and runs the studio. Oh, cool. Um, so he'd made a couple of those beats. But while I was working on the album, I stumbled across a producer named Homage, and he's got like the the kind of boom bap style. And oh. that's that's oh, where the boom bap yeah. ones on the album. Those are all his. And so once I found him, every time I would listen to any of his beats, like immediately I'd be able to write a song like that. Dang. Like I'd be like pouring out songs. So I, a lot of the songs on the album are homage beats. Um, now more so, though, past disassembly, I've actually started making beats myself. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. What, what, uh, what dot do you use?
1: Uh, I use FL Studio.
0: Oh, cool. That's a, that's a classic. I started on that myself.
1: I never had. See, I was a, um, Like in junior high, I made a techno album that was (laughs) through GarageBand.
0: Oh, yeah. So I've
1: actually been more versed in like GarageBand and Logic. But um, when learning, I don't know, everybody uses FL. So I was like, all right, I'll jump (laughs) on the train. So now I'm making beats out of FL. And I'm trying to exclusively use mine. I do like a lot of cover songs and stuff like that for content wise and Mm. i'll usually just use like free youtube beats for that but anything that i put out i'm like trying to only use my own beats
0: so there's a separation between like your social media posts and like your artistry i Mm -hmm. appreciate that definitely um going back to like uh you know you said you're an audio technician how did you get started in that did you go to school did you just pick it up
1: So, um, I first went to school, I'm actually in school right now as well, but, um, when I first went to school, I went for digital mass media. So I learned photography, videography, and audio engineering. I didn't do a whole lot with the audio engineering. It wasn't something that particularly interested me in at the time. I was more interested in doing the photography and videography. Um, and then when I moved back home and was hanging out at the studio more, um, my boss was just kind of like, why don't you learn how to engineer? Like, you could make some money. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. And it really helped, too, where I would, like, constantly have to, like, have him come down and record me when I was doing (laughs) my stuff. And so it really cut out that, like, middleman of, like, now I record myself. I don't have anybody else record me, so... It just makes it a lot easier in the creative process mm-hmm. and I got to make some money. So it's not bad. thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I truly believe that like in the future, we're all just gonna like the people who are really going to make it in those industries are the people who know how to do everything. Like, and it's kind of sad in a way because I feel like a lot of hip hop is a lot of the collaborative process, but I feel like in the next 20, 30 years, we're just going to see that all go away because everyone could do not completely, but like to a large extent. Like, that's just kind of good. People are just going to do it their own. They're going to have their own laptop and their own mic and they're going to. Well, do it it's coming
1: to the time of independent artists. I mm-hmm. mean, anymore, like, what's the point of having a record label? I've had a couple different opportunities where I could, like, go meet with record label people. But I'm like, hmm what honestly are you going to give me? Like I can record myself, I can produce my own beats, I can mix and master my stuff, I can create the visuals, I can run my social media, like what exactly are you doing besides taking money from me in the (laughs) end, you know? So I think it's really now is the time, especially like YouTube University, if you don't know how to do something, learn how to do it. So I think now is really the time for independent artists to flourish. I'm interested to see, especially as things are opening up more from COVID, like what that's going to look like for mm. independent artists and what, because it's it's not quite that the the field is leveled, but the field is more leveled because of COVID. Like all of the the tours and the festivals and everything that happened where everybody was wiped off the board not just Mm -hmm. independent artists so i'm interested to see now how that when things start who's gonna come out on top and be like look i was prepping i knew this shit was coming back (laughs) i i'm sorry no
0: no yeah yeah
1: um i knew this was coming back and i've been prepping for it and i'm ready i mean that's what i've been working on
0: that's cool i i do think that the show's gonna come back in the summer for sure um and you know i I do like what you're saying and appreciate that because i think you know it's interesting like you said like everyone got everyone got knocked off like when you direct everyone's attention to media and like spotify and like you know everyone kind of has their own plateau obviously there's the algorithm working against some people i think that would probably that's probably the remaining grasp that record deals have is like they have the tools that can't promote you i mean if you know, a bad—not that I'm saying that about you, obviously—but like a bad artist going to a record deal could still do better in theory than like someone who's good who isn't in that situation. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the last standing thing. But for
1: realistically, them. it's all just money. Mm-hmm, they exactly. just have the amount of money to dump in, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, well, let me spend a year <laughs> saving like fifty bands, and I'll promote <laughs> my own music, like. <laughs>
0: Damn! No, I I really I really like the uh, the independent entrepreneur energy you have. I think more people, <clears throat> you know, because it's a trap, especially in hip hop. People like look like, you know, shoot for the record deal. I want to get, you know, I want to get that check. You know, mm-hmm. people, you know, uh, there's someone, something someone once said is that independent artists who wait a decade or more to, you know, make it are going to be way happier than that guy who just. You know, makes it in two years and gets that check. but you know, then they got that, you know, that's the higher the career. They mm-hmm. usually that's the higher of the career and there's really nowhere else to go from that,
1: and they end up falling way off and usually mm-hmm. in debt and oh baby. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: look at Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, I my- think
1: there's a lot to the music industry that artists don't really understand, though. like, mm-hmm. I have this conversation a lot with people where a majority of it is a business. And so like, you can be as creative as you want. And like, look at me, I'm a creative person. Literally everything I do is creative. I can't Mm -hmm. work a nine to five or do corporate things. Like I'm very creative driven, but it's still a business. And you have to have that business mindset. And you have to understand what's going on in the business. Like I have a lot of people that come in and record with me that only use YouTube beats and never buy the lease for it and never put their songs on streaming but even, well then once you put your songs on streaming and you buy the beat the producer still gets 50% of that like all of these steps that people don't really understand are a part of the process that I'm like, Hey, can we just, can we have a nice little (laughs) Sterling's table where we sit down and I'm like, look, here's the reality of it. You're not going to make money realistically (laughs) and it's going to be a while and it's going to be way a huge investment before you see that money back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I've made $2 on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. I I had (laughs) a speaking of money. I had to get, um, when I was in college I was a jazz guitar guy um and Ooh. yeah um my teacher he said he knew someone who had a, um, a hit radio single like back in the 80s and 90s and he got a stack of checks for this tall that was one cent <laughs>
1: <laughs> I it's, would imagine yeah because they it was they just give a check. check
0: yeah they give it every time there was a radio play they would just send a check so mm-hmm. you'd be getting these checks for like yeah you know, like a tenth of a cent
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever, <you know? laughs>
0: uh it's it's a fickle bitch
1: oh my god and streaming is like Mm. i'm interested first of all let me start on streaming streaming is the bane of my existence i was so excited when i like first started putting music out on streaming and became an artist and i was like yeah like i'm gonna make money as an artist (laughs) i'm so excited and then you see like the numbers that come back from streaming and you're like oh this, this isn't real. <laughs> so streaming is just the bane of my existence because it's just, it's a battle. But I'm interested to see, so, like, we were talking about this at the studio the other day where it used to be CD sales. You know, everything mm-hmm. was CDs. And then it kind of w- turned into, um, like, LimeWire and Napster where you would download and burn yeah. the CDs and stuff. And now everything switched over to streaming, like, what's next? What's after streaming? Everything's free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't make any money. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I hope not. Um, no, but uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying about business. Because, like, it's kind of like I said before. Like, any jackass can get a laptop and a mic and, you know, make music. But and it's not, you know, it's not just being creative. And, you know, it, that's the sad part is there are those, like, Mozart-type people who like are just in the corners and like, you know, they're never gonna get their, you know, they're never gonna get what they deserve, maybe, but that's industry, it's a fickle bitch. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so let me ask you this. Um, you being a female rapper, uh, because I you know, like I said, you're the first one we've had in here, and I think there's you maybe I'm maybe I'm making assumptions, but I feel like that there's probably a different experience um attached to that versus maybe you know a male rapper i guess i'm just curious like do you have a different perspective being a female rapper
1: that's an interesting question um i would say as my experience of being a female rapper i've definitely made it a priority to stay true to my sound so my sound is kind of like Manly and aggressive, and
0: <laughs> like Will Kim. <laughs> you know, like not
1: always super receivable to mm. people because it's just not. It's it's not like the female rappers that you hear, and like, I don't have a problem with sexuality or being open or anything like that. Like, I'd say some nasty shit in my songs, <laughs> but I'm also like not super interested in selling myself sexually Mm. to be successful like if that's the only reason that you're here supporting me then eh, (laughs) that's that's not the point of my music like the point of my music is to speak my truth and to talk my shit and go on with my day so it's been an interesting journey to find the happy medium of i do want to be receivable and i do want people to be like yeah that's a sound i can listen to Mm. i like that sound while still staying true to like I have a very um like Greaves and Russ and M and M type sound. Mm, yeah, yeah. Which is not from a short little girl is just
0: <laughs> not the Unexpected. most receivable, you know?
1: Yeah. So trying to find that happy medium of like playing around with sounds and finding something that doesn't to me feel like selling out.
0: Mm, I like that. Um, you know, you can look at like the wet ass pussy Cardi B kind of stuff, you know, and you know, you can think what you want about that, but I appreciate what you're saying. Cause, uh, you know, even little Kim kind of did like, like, would, like sell out her sexuality and you know, then that's not a bad thing. Male rappers do it too, but you can do it too much, mm-hmm. you know? And there, I think, I think, and this might be judgmental, or whatever, but I think there is that stereotype of female rappers where they're just talking about that the whole time.
1: Exactly. You know? I feel like it's, it's the, the idea with the, the association with female rappers is that it's got to be very sexual based mm-hmm. because I mean, like, what else are we supposed to talk about? You know,
0: <laughs> we don't have thoughts or feelings.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't exist. So, to me, I'm just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk my shit. I like to think a lot of my songs are very like big dick energy, mm. <laughs> and that's it's a lot of big dick and fuck you energy. So I'm like. Eh.
0: <laughs> Like I said, kind of an unexpected uh, presence. Right.
1: It might be WAP, but you ain't getting it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bucket him <and> up. <laughs> Don't get <be> wrong, though. <laughs> I fucking love that song.
1: It <laughs> is right. like our our pool league anthem.
0: <laughs> uh, are you familiar Ben Shapiro Yes. <laughs> Did you see his rendition on the Wet Ass Bussy song? Oh God! Pull that up, Molly. Yes, do it. I don't. I don't even know care if anything.
1: I have because I've seen oh, so Jesus. many different renditions. Oh, it's on so it.
0: funny. So he, so he did this whole thing where he like he, he was criticizing it and you know talking about sexuality and all that. And but like he refused to say the words. Make sure you do like the song, not the yeah. Do that second one. Yeah. So they did a compilation of him like reading out the lyrics and they put it to the song. It's hilarious. Oh shit. <laughs> here. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick little break here to figure out technical difficulties. We have to do this. Uh, do, <laughs> do four. If we're back. The, better
1: than ever. The
0: host <laughs> the host of the podcast is a moron. Alright. <laughs> yeah, we gotta watch this. What else? Wop. Some, somebody. Okay. You gotta go back to the beginning. I know, I did, but then... <laughs> There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. I said, certified free. Seven days a week. Wet-ass pee work. work. Make that pull-out in a week. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you happen with some wet ass P word. Bring a bucket and a box with this wet ass P-word. Give me everything you've got for this replace. You know? mm. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. On top. I I wanna ride. I do a haggle, well it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet. Come take a dive.
1: It continues uh, along these lines. It continues along (laughs) these lines.
0: (laughs) I'm already going to hell for for saying these words. (laughs) You know that guy was just bullied too much in high school. I think. I think that's what it is. (laughs) I didn't get laid till I was 28. (laughs) I hate everyone else who does. Uh so you mentioned and you mentioned in your music and said in social media you're your mother mm-hmm. so I guess I'm, I'm I'm curious what what's it like being a mother? How old is the child? Give me all the the details. How old is <laughs> <laughs> the Paris line.
1: Uh, I have two crotch goblins. Um, one is two and a half years old. Her name is Moira.
0: Oh, the terrible, the terrible uh, twos, right?
1: Oh, she's. She, and she's not even the terrible twos. The scary part is she's like freakishly smart like she can
0: (laughs) oh shit (laughs) she can
1: count to 20 in english and chinese she knows her colors her letters her shapes like it's just wow terrifying
0: chinese that's that that's the way of the future though i have a little cousin who knows chinese actually he did the same way learned it young
1: very very scary she's super smart and that's more to me more scary than the terrible twos i'm like oh gosh we're in for a ride here and then my son is 8 his name is Vincent. Mm. Um it's pretty cool being a mom. I like my kids. I don't want more. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <you win. laughs>
1: I like my kids. Mine alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, not to get too personal but you mentioned being divorced. Has that been a challenge at all like with two kids or you handle it pretty well,
1: or- um well so Vincent was actually um before I got married. Oh, okay. He he was I was 20 when I had him. Yeah, I'm 28. Um so I was 20 when I had him, which um, definitely gave me a lot of perspective on a lot of things um obviously having kids will make you grow up really fast (laughs) so um and i had kind of already like when i was a teenager i'd already gone through the like partying and shit Mm -hmm. like that so system yeah but i mean by the time i had my kid and went to college i was like oh that's that's what you guys are doing cool okay (laughs) i I did that in high school (laughs) so um it gave me a lot of perspective um and then I got married, and we had my daughter. Um, so it's been, with my son, it's, I mean, his dad and I work together seamlessly. Like, it's just a really nice relationship. We mm. get along. We don't go to court or anything like that. So um, cool. we just kind of get along and <laughs> spend one day a week as a family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, that that's good that you, you guys can be mature. You know, I... I me included. I feel like there are a lot of people who would have been other relationships and would not have gone that amicably. You know, you could list horror stories for days. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, you know, and that's good for the kids, too.
1: Well, to me, the most important thing, like uh, uh, honesty, obviously, is the most important thing to me. I'm like, let's just say how it is honesty. But up there with honesty, uh, family is super important to me. Mm-hmm. So to me like when having a kid is like even if you don't work out with that person like it's your family and it's more about what's best for the kids and holding up that family value so they can go on and functionably have a family someday instead of like not growing up with those views and then mm come knocking on your door when they're 28 and they're like, why the fuck can't I have a family? I'm super dysfunctional. You know, I'm like, let's, let's nip that in the butt now. You're
0: getting a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, mind
1: Sterling the therapist. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it?
0: <laughs> no, I do worry. Cause like, I'm, I'm approaching 26. I, I don't know. I feel like you gotta be like, before 30 you gotta like be really getting into the steps of having kids i don't want to i want to be 60 and have my kid like graduating high school you know i want to get him like out of the house so, however that's- it
1: has that's, that's too soon. it has become a more recent thing like in the last 50 60 years it's become a lot more common to have kids at a younger age mm. and i feel like especially as women we're pressured to have kids
0: mm. yeah, at true. a younger
1: age like before 30 you have to have kids before you're 30 and i'm like the fuck i do <laughs> oh my god i want to be financially stable and figure my shit yeah. out like yeah. Oh, so I definitely think that, yeah, I it'll be nice. Like, I'll be what, more is two. So I'll be like 46, I think, when she's out of high school. Is that right? I can't do the math. But That's I'll be, you know, I'll be in my 40s yeah. when she gets out of high school, and I'll still have half my life to live. Yeah, so that'll have be time nice. But. At the same time, all uh, well, of my children were accidents. So, um, <laughs> planedly, I probably would have waited a little bit longer before having my children.
0: <laughs> well, what if, I guess. You, you know. know. But it, everything, you know, it happens. Things happen, you know. Uh And, you, it, you know, despite the stereotype of, like, having kids in that manner, it's actually a really good thing, I think, because, um you know, as the, as the years go on, like our generation is like at the lowest rate for having kids or, you know, even having sex in general. Oh, really? oh, it's so, you want to look that up Molly? What the rate? Oh, it's like, ah, uh, it's like you thought the fifties were bad. We we're like, <laughs> we're way worse. Nobody's having sex anymore. Or having kids and there's, you know, plastics and water. That's what are, What, are, what are exactly? What would you look up? You say, um, Rate of childbirth. Birth. Close enough. <laughs> it's
1: Google. It'll figure
0: that it out. True, true, true. No, what? No mortality.
1: Google says, y'all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's the the, that's the thing to take away from this is Mm -hmm. we're all screwed it's gonna be some children it's the the
1: matrix I made her watch the matrix for the first time like two weeks ago she's never seen it before (laughs) and now everything I'm just like it's the matrix
0: (laughs) do you think we're living in a simulation
1: um I don't really know what I think. I'll be honest. I don't think I have the gr- brain capacity to really even figure that out. But I'm like, something's going on. I mean, it's, it's so hard to, like, I sat down with my dad a couple weeks ago and had a conversation about, like, religion. <clears throat> and he's, like, a, a Christian. And I was kind of, like, explaining my beliefs. And he's like, well, you're pretty much a Christian. And I was like, I don't I don't really think I am, though. Like, there's a lot that goes on in Christianity that I'm just not really down for. Like, I believe in a higher power. I believe that there's, like, God and the devil in all of us. I believe that it's all about energy and karma. Like, what you put out is what you're going to mm. get back. So, I guess if that's Christianity.
0: Uh. Well, you know, you, you know, that's kind of the thing that... Um, because I I am not I got kind of the same vibe that I think you're putting off like or putting out. I am not a fan of organized religion, um, so I you know I think like you can be your own person. You can believe in whatever deity you want, and that still makes you that. You mm-hmm. know, like Christianity. There's like whatever, like a thousand different like denom like ten thousand different denominations or something like that. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, and that's the one thing that we couldn't agree upon was that. Like I believe in a higher power and whatnot, but he's like, but you have to believe in Jesus Christ. And I was like, to me, honestly, like the Bible was written by a bunch of like old men, and then and then it was like translated by a bunch of old white men. Like I just, I, uh, it's iffy. It's iffy for me. And he's um, like, well, you have to believe. And I'm like, but I don't think if if I were to go along this Christianity path, I don't necessarily think that. I would go to hell just because mm. I don't believe in Jesus. Like I'm a good person, I do the right thing, you know. Like I and and if I believe in the higher power, then why is it necessarily that it has to be Jesus to get me yeah, across the gate? You know, I'm like, uh, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> get it. I just don't get it.
0: There's a there's a George Carlin bit where he's like uh, he's talking about Jesus. He's like you have. A list of ten things to do, and if you disobey any of those rules, you rot and burn an eternity of fiery hell, but he loves you
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, there's
0: there's definitely like you know uh like the god fearing Christians like uh, you shouldn't you should not in my opinion, so I'm an atheist personally, I don't think anyone should worship a deity that they're scared of and afraid of, like
1: yeah, ruling by fear is like. <laughs> hard pass
0: yeah some tyranny type shit you know? mm-hmm. okay so the birth rate yeah. the u.s birth rate dropped to about 50 births per thousand women of childbearing age lowest rate on record the rate is half of what was in the early 1960s holy shit the birth rate for 15 19 year olds dropped 8 percent for 2009 nine. Nine nineteen. it's almost it's fallen almost every year since 1991
1: Wow, so what does that say about us? <laughs> are we We're not focused smarter? on murder? Well, I don't,
0: because, well, it's weird, because there's, you know, there is kind of the theory that, like, there are too many people, which I agree with. But they say that the birth rate is actually below that, like, because there's, like, a median. Like, you can, you know, you can have this many people in concurrence with this many people dying, and, you know, the everything's still balanced out. But we're actually below that point so it's interesting um and this is kind of a tangent but plastics plastics they're actually showing have a um, an effect on ch- uh bearing children
1: that doesn't surprise me yeah. don't even get me started about bearing children man <laughs> birth control the fucking devil i don't believe in it at all Damn. i'm like i i can't Say it enough to the women everywhere of the world, please stop taking birth control. First of all, you're not going to trip and fall and land on anybody and fucking knock yourself up. It is not your responsibility to not knock yourself up. And you should not be destroying your innards to not have a baby. Like, oh my gosh. It's just, it's so bothersome to me. But (laughs) that being said, on the total flip side of the coin, I saw, so I lived in Minnesota. Up in mm. Minneapolis. And after I had my daughter, I got my tubes tied. Like, I'm good on kids. But I saw something recently in Iowa where if you don't have any kids and you're under the age of 30, they won't let you get your tubes tied. And I'm like, oh, damn. how is this even legal? How could, what? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's just, that's asinine to me. I'm I'm mind boggled that you, ugh. <laughs> what? I can't. I can't even.
0: Yeah, there's definitely like a controlling mechanism there. I, I wanted to get my tubes tied when I was like 20 because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that? That's no. Problem. No. I thought that was for guys too. Am I full of shit?
1: Vasectomy is for guys. Getting your tubes tied. Isn't that the
0: same thing though? No. Aren't there two tubes that you? No, that's only for one? I mean, it's
1: technically a tube. They don't But <laughs> tubes tied refers to female. Okay. And you can reverse a vasectomy. Yeah, yeah. You can, like, kind of maybe reverse, depending Mm -hmm. on the kind of tubes tied you get, like, you can't reverse mine. They straight cut them bitches out. Yeah,
0: well, I was going (laughs) to ask because I've heard that that's, like, a really risky procedure Mm -hmm. for women. Like, or, I, I mean, not really risky, but riskier than it is for men.
1: Um. Yeah, I think it's a little different, but it. I don't think they can. It's. It's a lot harder to reverse the just the tying. Like if they just mm-hmm. tie the tubes, it's a lot harder to reverse that for women. Um. Whereas, like for me, they just cut it out. Like there's no reversal of that because they're just gone. So, if you wanted to know <laughs> all of my medical history, let's have that conversation. <laughs> we have we have
0: it on tape here. I can... <laughs> honesty <laughs> yeah honesty is key we like honesty here at the you hours. <laughs> um no but you know talking about you know you're going back to the birth control i do think that there is a correlation between like you know because it said what 1991 i mean that was probably around the time that you know there's kind of like the revitalization of like Um, well i guess abortion was from the 70s but like the 90s were big for like the feminist movements like they promoted a lot of birth control i think they improved a lot of science on that so i'm not saying whether it's good or bad it's just kind of an interesting uh correlation that i don't know
1: i just wish we could find a better method than birth control because especially like the new ones where it's like you stick them in your arms and stuff Mm. and it's in there for like three to six years i'm like oh my god and then there's, like, women who are getting, like, cancers and tumors and oh, shit from shit. this stuff. And I'm like, stop. Or they're just not able, once they do decide that they don't want to take the birth control anymore, then they can't have babies. Because mm, it's, like, the birth control. You're yeah, Right? I'm like, stop. Let's stop this. Let's stop this. It's not mm. Mother Nature. <laughs> just let Mother Nature be.
0: So let me ask you this, then. Well, for you, what would be a alternative to birth control for someone who... Um...
1: Condoms. Condoms. <laughs> You know, it's tried and true. (laughs) It's the, it's, it's how we do things, you know, it's, it works mostly, I guess. I feel like, I feel like there's people who have still gotten pregnant even when they use condoms, but I don't know, the morning after Bill, maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't don't know. Don't have sex? No, have sex, please. (laughs) Everybody should get
0: laid. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, uh, I, I remember when, uh. Uh, when Trump was still in office, he was pushing a lot of like uh, abstinence only education. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, who mm. thinks that that still works? Like,
1: Mm-mm. we have Mm-mm. the internet.
0: Like, a 12 year old can Google porn and <laughs> the entire world's open. You know? Even more than that, my
1: son was six, and I shit you not. He's like he was avid on YouTube. He watched all the YouTube stuff the the people playing Minecraft and mm, the yeah. the Kinder Egg surprise shit. Oh my god.
0: <laughs>
1: but he so he was an avid YouTube user and it took him down this rabbit hole where I mean hmm. it's not really like porn like Pornhub but he It's like
0: softcore kind of Yeah,
1: he was like finding pornographic things and so then he started searching pornographic oh, oh god. things. <laughs> And it, I'm just, I'm looking at all this and I'm like, oh my God, like, uh, he, he's six. What the fuck? Like, I thought we would have this conversation when I found his Playboy magazines <laughs> under his bed as a teenager, you know? <laughs> nope, he's six. Just hold off, hold off. We're having little- this conversation now. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn. That, you know, that is a really interesting, like, moral dilemma with, like, the internet. You know, and I'm not a fan of internet censorship necessarily but like you have to acknowledge that like pornography like a younger and younger age is bad i i not to get too personal but i probably view pornography at pretty early age too like eight or nine but like six holy shit Mm -hmm. like you don't even really have a grasp on reality let alone like sexuality and everything that goes into that and you're just like wiring them for like these really intense crazy images and like yeah we're fucked
1: well, and I think it goes beyond just sexuality. I think yeah. like the um, the aggressiveness mm, of video yeah. games and stuff like that. Like he was probably seven when his dad and I finally broke and let him start playing Fortnite, mm. and now he's running around like doing that <laughs> fucking Fortnite dance, the and dance I'm like, shit, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> but just I mean, it's the same concept. It's mass aggressiveness at a young age.
0: Mm yeah with pornography too like uh like that's some pretty for a lot of it, it's really you know aggressive and you know strangling and all that kind of shit mm-hmm. you know that's definitely like and you know if you you know between two people that's you know unless that's what you're into that's not usually what it is so it's definitely like creating like a a fake idea about sex and it's definitely uh it's definitely a problem
1: and how do you censor that
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, like is the better approach just to have a conversation? Like, but you know, saying six, like how, like what are you gonna like set them all up with that? Like two, you know, like like at what point do you like? What's the like? There's no way to beat it like if it's there I feel you know?
1: like I feel like yeah uh, having the the honest talks but just being like self-aware enough to know like what they can and cannot handle mm. at different ages like he was yeah. he was 5 when i got pregnant with his sister and so we kind of had the talk with him then of like mommies and daddies mm. yeah. have sex and that's where babies come from and that was kind of the end of it yeah like yeah. we didn't go into deep, dark detail of how mommy and daddy made sense. Yeah,
0: Well, you know, plenty of that stuff at their age will go over their head, too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe But then it's just not continuing
1: to build on, you know, like, plant the seeds and then continuing to build on it as they get older and having those conversations before they go somewhere else like the internet to yeah. look for the answers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the argument with, like, you know, legalization versus just, you know, making things illegal. It's like, it, like, are you, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Are you really helping them by just, like, trying to push everything? Or is it better to just educate them and be like, Oh, education
1: you know? is so key. Yeah. So, I did a whole documentary on oh, um, addiction. Oh, cool, cool. Yes. Um. So, I did a documentary on addiction. And actually, I think it was in the 90s or early 2000s, Portugal legalized all drugs. mm And instead of incarcerating people for that, they use the money that was saved from mass incarceration and put that money towards being able to give um, rehabilitated people small business loans or just strictly rehabilitating people back Mm. into society. So there's not this stigma that is attached with addiction to criminal and so I think, absolutely, I am so down for the legalization of everything. Like, just stop with this control shit, and let if people are going to be addicted to drugs, yes, that's sad, and that sucks, mm-hmm. especially, like, hard drugs, but if you give them better outlets to rehabilitate themselves and not have this, like, nationwide stigma that... Yeah. If they Throwing get,
0: them in cages and solving. Well, anything.
1: and even if they like go to rehab and get out, it's so hard for those people to get a job. Or and same mm. thing with criminals mm. too. Like it's it's so hard to get a job after that. Like we have such this stigma with things like that. That if you just kind of like break all of those barriers and be like, look, we're not gonna do this stigma thing anymore, then. It's going to be a lot easier for people to reintegrate and figure their shit out instead of wasting their entire life.
0: Exactly. I don't think anyone should be locked in a cage for a nonviolent offense. That part. Even the people, I guess unless there's a violent instance with a drug dealer, you like, that just doesn't help anything. Like, we were, we're, what, 50 years into this war on drugs? <clears throat> has not done a single goddamn thing. That now there's more drugs, new drugs.
1: Fentanyl. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely has done quite a lot just not in our favor. I mean, mm-hmm. look at like private yeah. prisons and the amount of money yeah, true, that true. they're accumulating by pumping out inmates that are doing slave labor basically, like
0: ugh. Yeah, it creates incentive. Uh you know, you could go to the, you know, uh, you know, in this sense, it's, you know, it's a form of racism in the sense, you know, like crack cocaine and cocaine. Mm-hmm. you know how there's that difference like the the you know the DEA is just another branch of government that has power and it's it's just a way to control people into profit I mean really that's all it comes out to
1: capitalism <laughs> um, if you could destroy capitalism I like to think that maybe someday I will play a part in redesigning what the system looks like that's honestly the only reason I've ever wanted to do music and um To me, I absolutely, like, I am in it for the fame. I absolutely want to get famous. But it's not necessarily about the money. I'm more interested in having fame in order to have a platform to speak to people on Mm. a mass amount and have people listen to me and be like, look, stop taking birth control. Let's stop mass incarceration let's stop stigmatizing addiction like let's let's fix the fucking system you know so i like to think that i'll I'll play a role in changing the design of the system but i'm also like how how that's such a fucked up system
0: well and it's kind of interesting in this day and age you know there seems to be a narrative so you know i Like I think the birth control thing wouldn't be wouldn't probably align with the (laughs) a lot of the mainstream narratives, you know. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of you know it's an interesting realm. It's like you know you have that platform, like our yeah, like Joe Rogan. I don't know if you listen to him at all. Like he's kind of like very recently, um, especially like he's definitely like pushed past the main. Like he he's bigger than the mainstream at this Mm -hmm. point. Like his audience is just. It's huge. Like he—he's like one of the few people in this country who can just say something that completely shoots past that narrative and actually gets across to people. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's the hope for all. I mean, that's the hope for me of this podcast too. You know, that you know different voices and different opinions can be heard. You know, and people come on here, and I you know usually don't agree with at least some of what they're saying, but. I still give them that voice and I give them that platform to do it because I think that's important. I think censoring people, you know, just because you don't like something that somebody says or how they view, I still think that they should talk.
1: Well, it's all about meeting people where they're at. Even Mm. if you don't agree with somebody, if you can have a conversation about them and say, I see why you see it that way. Do you see why I see it this way? And meet them where they're at. And you're more likely to be able to change the outcome of that conversation than like what you see a lot with like the oh like the stuff with george floyd happening last year and everybody i mean all the very
0: emotional thing
1: all of the closet racists were shown real quick like (laughs) real quick like and and so many people were just like on the internet yelling at them and i'm like Do you is that how's that that, going?
0: Is that going to stop them?
1: How's that going? Does it really seem to be working? Like to me, it's more important to really try and understand where they're coming from and understand, like, have compassion for people in the way that like you behave a certain way and you believe in the things that you believe in because of all of the events in your life that have led you to this moment. Everybody has that. So you couldn't, I mean, you don't know me. You don't know what events in my life have happened to lead Mm -hmm. me to believe what I believe now. Yeah. And you don't know, it's almost like the butterfly effect too, where like I was raised by people who had events lead up to their lives to raise me the way they raised me, you know? So it's like, it's just this whole butterfly effect where like you really have to have that compassion for people to understand them and then be like, I get it. Here's why I feel this way. Does that change your mind? Yes, no, either way, cool.
0: Experience plays a huge part in how people uh you know develop both their moral and political compass um, yeah, I mean um you know, going back to like the racism thing, you know those people are really bad, but like. In a way, you can almost sympathize with them because usually they're people who are really not intelligent and they're really not people who have had a lot of experience. They've lived in their one place and they have this one view that's been indoctrinated to them or passed down their family. And I mean, ultimately, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, their lives are probably going nowhere. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, these are assumptions. But I mean, you know, it's like I, you know, people can change. I, you know, I'll admit when I was uh, when I was in high school, I grew up in a small town. And I wouldn't say I was a homophobic, but I definitely was not in support of gay marriage, and that's completely changed around. And I think a lot of that had to do with just interacting with homosexuals. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it just it broadens. Like having that conversation and seeing the other side and being like, "Hey, you know what? Who gives a shit about what the fuck people do in their bedroom? Like, why do I care? Why is that something that's important to me? You know, it, it, it's it's really all about um, your journey." And, you know the steps you take it's like it's like with music putting out you know keeping old albums and old shit up there like it's good for people to be able to go through your discography and go through the years and be like, okay, this is how this person's improved this is what this person thought then this is them now, you know that
1: being said, go listen to thank you for your patience <laughs> by Lady Spade. that was my first hip hop album oh, it sounds it. it sounds so crazy, so at this point in um in the band we we were a hip-hop band and then we ended up down to two of us Mm, it was me and the drummer Mm. and so it turned very so like i would make the beats on my keyboard and he played an acoustic drum set like a djembe and the little Mm. kickbox thing i don't know what they're called cool cool um he had a whole acoustic setup and um so we did an entire album with that, and this was in my first year of uh, school when I was learning audio. And so we literally spent zero dollar budget on this album. <laughs> and when you listen to it, you're just like, what? <laughs> what is happening with the quality of this?" However, the, the, I mean the, um, like the lyrics are really good, and the, the when you saw it live, we honestly had such a following in like the cedar valley area we had Hmm. such a following and when we we had an album release party and we sold four hundred dollars worth of albums on the first night wow like we just had such fun we were fucking crazy i mean we dressed up almost like icp like fucking (laughs) face makeup and it was super like clowny but with spades like cards and everything was our theme so um but when you saw it live, it kind of like showed you that cool experience where, like, we're doing it on the keyboard and Zach's playing his acoustic drum set and it had a whole vibe to it. But it didn't transfer well to, like, if you just go listen to it now and you're like, this sounds like somebody made it in their basement. And I'm like, well, we did. <laughs> we did do it in the basement. That's so, uh, yeah, check that out. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> but you know, I mean, that, that's the beginnings. Uh, Tyler the creator's first album was actually recorded in his closet. And you had a mic like hanging down from his his co-rack thing. Like, it's
1: interesting to see the progression mm, too. Yeah. Like when when I was at that phase, I was still very. It was almost more like like slam poetry, written mm, word, yeah, styled yeah. rapping. Mm. And now I'm like not much like that anymore at all. So when I listen to that, I'm like, What was I doing? Was that cool? <laughs> Did you guys like that? <laughs> Were you just being supportive? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that is an interesting uh like branch of hip-hop the slam poetry stuff mm-hmm. i feel like some of it's really good and some of it's really bad you know it's it's hard to like i don't know it's interesting to maneuver through all of it there's actually really early uh videotape of kanye west <clears throat> and he does the lyrics to gold digger in a in a like a slam poetry like he's just up there like oh, i ain't saying she's gold you know
1: <laughs> you just be sitting there, like, watch. yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird.
0: It, <laughs> looking through, you know, looking through how an artist progresses, and like with you for example, like all the different things you've done, like it all plays a role into how that person, you know, pres- presents themselves as an artist. Lee. <laughs> cool. Um, this seems like a pretty good place to wrap it up. I think. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, or um, I'll well, mention your social. We'll put that in the description, but.
1: Oh yes, um, at Sterling Banks, baby everywhere. Um, except for Twitter, I'm SterlingBanks5, but honestly, I don't use it, so I guess yeah, follow me Twitter. if you want to. <laughs> I, I think I've tweeted, like, one thing, and it was about, I was watching The Voice, mm. and I had the closed captions on, and it was, the closed captions were so fucked up, I tweeted something about, like, did Blake... Do the Blake Shelton do the closed captions or whoever was was drinking out of his cup and it did nothing and I was like I don't understand Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a weird that's a weird engine. I've not been on Twitter since like probably 2015. Oh, it, it just seems like yeah, it's just such a toxic. What is I guess shit.
1: I suppose is um, YouTube your social media of choice then.
0: Uh, probably Instagram same honestly same I, I
1: think it's this age yeah. that is very much instagram like i tried getting on tiktok and i was like i don't care.
0: she is obsessed with tiktok and okay. i cannot stand it look i look. got
1: into it after a while it took me a little bit <laughs> Obsessed. just because i watch cute animal videos and i send them to you because they're cute <laughs> I just find really dark people to follow on TikTok. That's <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: yeah, that's the thing about it is like one out of every twenty TikToks is like fucking hilarious, but mm-hmm. like the other, like you hear the same four songs over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about Instagram. I know it's really like a curated app, and people have their criticisms about it, but. I feel like it's what Facebook was in the early days. Like mm-hmm. it used to be like purely what this person's doing, what they're up to. They're, you know, cuz you go on Face I'm I'm off Facebook too, but like you go on Facebook and all it seems to be is just news feed, news feed, news feed. This well, article There's just so that much arguing.
1: arguing. Yeah, like pe- all people do is fucking like talk shit to each other and I'm like I and, hate Facebook.
0: And it's literally it's designed literally to like, you know, that conflict like rises in the algorithm like mm-hmm. so it's it's literally like designed for people to like troll each other get like a get they get like this high of like arguing with because you know, there's something you know if you and i were talking on the internet and we were getting into argument that would look way different than if we were <laughs> sitting here you
1: know? right well then it's... there's so much misinterpretation too yeah. oh my gosh <sighs> hopefully
0: uh hopefully we can turn this world around but i'm you skeptical <laughs>
1: <laughs> One day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> One podcast at a time.
0: Sterling Banks, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, this is the episode, everybody.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Hope you guys have all been chilling, drinking, all that, having a good time. We'll be back next week. Peace out. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into today's episode with Sterling Banks. It was a great time. Um, stay tuned next week. We're going to have Jackson Place back on the show. Um, is in a hot fucking since We've had him, good old friend Um, old as in We go back, not that he's old He's not a 70 year old man or something like that You know, I've had some weird Weird friends back in the day, but um I try to, these, these days I try to keep it under Under 35, that's like That's, you know, that's like a Well, oh shit, I guess I'm getting Older, I'm like 26, so maybe that number should go up But, uh, you know Back, back when I was like Straight out of college, I would hang out with like old people. <laughs> it was weird. Um, I don't recommend that. You should definitely, I think there should be, there should be like a 10 year cap, right? Like either side. You should, well, that bomb side probably even less. But the top for sure, the top end should be that that 10 year cap. Um, but if only we lived in a perfect world. All right, everybody. Peace out. Have a good night.